right. Well, it is so good. In fact, it is so super to be in the house of the Lord this morning. To have all of you here with us. Amen. And uh, we have uh, several guests with us. I do remember one, John. Nice to have John with us here today. And we have a couple of guests of Brother Colton's with us. And good to have them here with us. And we have uh, the teachers, uh, Cooper's teachers with us. I think they actually taught Danica and Devin too. So they're pretty much part of the family by now. And nice to have all of you here today. Amen. I would like to say, uh, we would like to say, Tower of Pentecost would like to extend a very warm welcome to a first time guest here this morning that traveled all the way from Japan to be with us here today. Brother Jason Lucas, nice to have you with us. Amen. And uh, just to give you a little bit of an idea, Brother Jason, his parents are missionaries in Tokyo. Very, very small, unpopulated area. He is a general licensed minister. He graduated from the Apostolic Bible Institute. And uh, last seven years, he has been in Japan as an aimer. That's uh, an associate missionary, I believe is what you call that. Then recently here, just this last week, he went before the Global Missions Board and was recommended for intermediate missionary appointment to Japan. So, amen, this young man. Now the work's cut out for him. Now he gets the uh, privilege of traveling around and raising PIMs. Amen. And uh, we will certainly be one of those. Hallelujah. All right. Got to get started here. I would like to say that um, we're going to have a very special prayer for uh, Sister Alma, Brother Herman, and Alma. They... uh, Recently, were married here just uh, a few weeks ago, but uh, Sister Alma has complications with her uh, with her baby, her unborn baby at this point, and so we're gonna we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the service. But we're gonna have special prayer for her. Amen. Amen. How many of you are happy to be here this morning? All right. All right, we're going to call your attention this morning to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter number 9. We're going to read verses 24 and 25. Amen. And then we're going to read Revelation 3 and 11. Here we go, verse number 4, or 24. Could you turn those, these lights down a little bit, please? Reads like this. It says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain. And every man that strives for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it. This is talking, Paul's talking, making reference to the Olympians and uh, the athletes that compete. He says, know you not that every man, he, he, he strives for the mastery. He is temperate in all things. And they do it for a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Amen. Then Revelation 3, verse number 11. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man... Take your crown. Amen. I'd like to speak to you this morning on this thought. Amen. The crown or nothing. Amen. The crown or nothing. And I'm going to ask Brother McEwen if he would lead us in prayer. If you would just join with us here just 
lift your hearts here one more time. And uh, amen before we go into the word of the Lord. Brother McCune, thank you so much. Father, we thank you for your mercies today. Thank you for this opportunity to be amongst your people and in your house and we might study your word. I'm asking God that you would anoint your word mightily. We might receive from you the instructions and the guidance that we so desperately need in these hours that we would be encouraged and uplifted made strong to fight the fight that we are facing in the days ahead. Anoint your minister much today, we ask that we might receive from you what we need. In Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. I don't think it's any uh, secret today that we are today uh, the greatest one game event of the year is going to happen in a few hours. And even though this, you might say, silly game, you got 22 grown men out there, right? And they're hitting each other like crazy over a little ball called football, but I like it personally. But anyway, and even though it does not have any eternal significance per se, I do believe that there are lessons to be learned and that would be of a benefit to our walk with the Lord or our spiritual lives. Can you say amen to that? Amen. I think you will here. I here. Let me uh, just take a couple of moments and show you a couple of uh, photos, if I could. Here, a couple of years ago, I was privileged to uh, attend a John Maxwell event at the NFL Hall of Fame, and uh, it was a very awesome experience. But I, I want to show a couple of photos here before we really get into it. And if you could, the first one, Brian, Cliff, oh, Cliff, oh, there he is. The first one is the, uh, the draft paper, nope, the draft paper that has Brady's name on it. Nope. Technology. Not going to work? You don't have the, I don't have a picture. Well, I, sent, I thought I sent it to you. Okay. All right. Anyway, there's a, there's a, I took a photo and there's a photo of Tom Brady's uh, selection in the draft. Okay. Anybody know who Tom Brady is? <laughs> Do you know he was drafted in the sixth round? He was the 199th player chosen. Hello. And I just want to let you know, okay? Each one of you is a chosen, all right? You have been chosen by what they, they, we just sang about him, the King of Kings. Now, let me just ask you, what is your potential? And then, I, I like uh, number two photograph. Now the screen's blank on me. But do you have the uh, picture of the footballs? Yes. Oh, there it is. There you go, 199th pick overall. All right, would you show the footballs, Brian? Autumn probably needs to run the show so she, because she knows what's going on right here. This is uh, this is in a uh, gentleman named uh, Hendrix uh, Speedway. Anyway, he's got a collection of different things, but he has in his possession, among other things, he has. A, an autographed football by every Super Bowl winning quarterback. Now that's among his, he's got a collection of cars that are insured for $200 million, just to kind of give you an idea. And today, there will be a silver trophy handed out to the winning team. 
the best professional football team in the world. The trophy is named after the NFL coach, Vince Lombardi. The youngsters, you've probably never heard of him. And uh, could you put a, a photo of that trophy up there, Brian? There it is. And it's only, I think they said it's only worth about, monetarily, it's only about 10 grand in it, something like that. But it is named after the NFL coach, Vince Lombardi. Why Vince Lombardi? Because the NFL felt like that Vince Lombardi is the benchmark for all that the NFL stands for. Okay? Now, what does the NFL, I, I want you to, to get a hold of this. Now, this is the values that come from the NFL. If you could put that photo up there, the one you had previously, you can just kind of get an idea. There you go. Okay, now, I don't know if you can see that, but now, here, the NFL, the Hall of Fame, they give you their mission. It's... Their mission is to honor the heroes of the game. Ever heard of the heroes of faith? Okay. It is to preserve its history. It is to promote its values. It is to celebrate excellence everywhere. And those values are commitment, integrity, courage, respect, excellence. I think we could all get a hold of one of those and maybe pursue it for a few days and we could possibly become a better person. I don't know. Maybe. The vision is, it's not, listen to this, it's not just the past, it's the future. It's not just about Canton, Ohio, where the NFL Hall of Fame is. It's the world. It's not just a great museum for football. It's a message of excellence everywhere. Their creed is they protect the game by making it safer. They grow the game by promoting its values, and they elevate the game by loving those who help build it. Their purpose is, the NFL Hall of Fame, their purpose is to help every fan experience a Hall of Fame life by creating the most inspiring place on earth. There's a reason why that we have church. Amen. All right. And, but this trophy they hand out, it's called the Vince Lombardi Trophy. Well, they thought that that man represented, he was an ambassador for all of those things that we just went over. But in addition to that, he won the first two Super Bowls while coaching the Green Bay Packers back-to-back. -back. In his 10 years of coaching, he had a 728% winning percentage during the regular season. He had an 840% winning season in preseason. And in the postseason... He was 9-1, and one, or he had a 900% winning percentage when it came to playing for the championship. Nobody touches that. He had five NFL titles, including his first, the first two wins of the Super Bowl. What kind of a man is this? Let me... Let me give you a couple of quotes. Here's, this man was about winning, but winning more than just a sport. 
winning more than just a game. He had, his, his desire was to put that, to instill that into all of his players, all of his coaches, and even all of his fans. Here are some of his quotes. He says, After the cheers have died down and the stadium is empty, after the headlines have been written, and after you are back in the quiet of your room, the championship ring has been placed on the dresser, the pomp and fanfare, ha fanfare has faded, the enduring things that are left are your dedication to excellence, your dedication to victory, and your dedication to doing with our lives the very best we can to make the world a better place in which to live. Amen. Here was his attitude. He says, show me a good loser and I will show you a loser. He says, winning is not a sometime thing. It's an all-time thing. You don't win once in a while. You don't do things right once in a while. You do them right all of the time. Winning is a habit. Unfortunately, so is losing. He said, winning is not everything, but wanting to win is. The measure of who we are is what we do with what we have. What do you got? What are you doing with what you got? And then he said, I firmly believe that any man's finest hour, the greatest fulfillment of all that he holds dear, is that moment when he has worked his heart out in a good cause, and lies exhausted on the field of battle victorious. See, the silver trophy is not enough though. I want, I hope, my hope is before we leave here today, that we can instill in you a desire and a hunger there is a higher there is a higher victory in life there is the highest reward in life and it's not going to come from a silver trophy but there is this one thing called the crown of life and for me it's the crown or nothing he said, would you hold that little silver? See, I've already got the silver trophy. I've already got it. It sits on my desk in my office. And it's the best trophy you could ever have. What does that say on that? Let's see. It says, Happy Father's Day, Papa. Devin, Danica, and Cooper, 2011. There you go, right? I mean, I already have the silver trophy. But... Let me just begin by saying this. That you cannot attain this crown that I'm talking about. You cannot play this eternal game of life wearing the other team's uniform. I want to take you to Zechariah 3, chapter 1 through 5, and I'm going to go through it here as quickly as I can. Joshua the high priest was standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. This is a brand plucked out of the fire. Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away his filthy garments and, and said, Take away his filthy garments and said to him, I have removed your iniquity from you. 
I will clothe you with rich robes. In this life, we need to get a hold of what we the Bible refers to as the robe of righteousness. 1 John 1 and 7, it says this, The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. When I repented of my sins, when I was baptized by faith, I traded my filthy rags for the robe of the righteous one. I'm here to tell you today that you cannot, you don't want to settle for the garments that the Bible talks about of the sinner. But there is an opportunity that we can be buried in baptism calling on the name of the Lord. And when you come out of that water, the Bible says, Behold, all things are become new. I traded my filthy garments for the robe of righteousness. I went down in the water like Naaman the leper, and I came up out of the water cleansed like Naaman. Galatians 3.27 The Amplified Bible says this, For all of you who were baptized into Christ, a spiritual union with Him, have clothed yourselves with Christ. That is, you have taken on, listen carefully, His characteristics and His values. Hello. Yes. Amen. His values. What are some of those, real quickly? Well, we could probably throw in the fruit of the Spirit in there. There's a few. Love, joy, peace. This, this is good stuff. This is the stuff that life was meant to be made of. This is the stuff that we need to ingest into our system. And then we need to, to allow it to digest. And then we need to be able to give it out to the world that is desperately in need of these things. What are they? Joy. Love, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, temperance. Here's a big one. Forgiveness. Compassion. Those are eternal things. Colossians 3 and 1, of then you were raised with Christ... He says, now seek those things which are above. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. I am looking. I am looking toward that high calling. And I am looking in my own imagination. I see a golden crown in a place called heaven. And I want you to know that it is going to be a real place. Seek those things which are above. I quote from Randy Acorn's book, Heaven. Colossians 3.1, he says this, The Greek word translated, set your hearts on those things above, is zetio, which, which denote, denotes man's general philosophical search or quest. The same word is used in the Gospels to describe the Son of Man who came to seek and to save that which was lost. You're getting it? Seek those things that are above. That is the same same attitude, the same spirit, that when Jesus came, He says, I have come to seek and to save that which was lost. That was you, that was me. Same word. It's the same word that the shepherd uses in seeking the lost sheep. It's the same word 
for the woman searching for her coin. It's the same word that the merchant seeks for the pearl of great price. In other words, there is a desire to find that crown, that crowning jewel that will somehow get us not only through this life, but there is going to be a higher calling. It's a place called heaven. The verb zatio is in the present tense suggesting an ongoing process. Keep seeking heaven. Keep looking. Keep seeking the crown. Listen carefully though. There is only one crown worn by the king while on the earth. That was the crown of thorns. There are no earthly golden crowns given in this life. Only robes made righteous white by the blood of our Savior. Crown or nothing. Paul writing in the book of Corinthians, you got it. You you gotta you gotta run or you gotta live like a champion. Do you know, Corinthians says, do you know not know that in a race all the runners run their very best to win? Are you running as good as you can this morning? But only one receives a prize. He says, run your race in such a way that you may seize the prize and make it yours. Not every, now every athlete who goes into training and competes in the games is disciplined and exercises self control in all things. Are you competing this morning? Are you exercising this morning? They do it. To win a crown that withers, but we do it to receive an imperishable crown that cannot wither. Their very best, they do it, they compete. Listen, this is not, you know, sometimes I think we get the wrong idea of when it comes to our, our, our walk with God. If you read the parable of the talents, if you read some of those other things, it, he's always. He is always looking for more. He never accepts your best. Your best must get better. Or at least you must be in the process of trying to get better. He expects a lot. Because you're king's kids. Philippians 3. 13.15, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should have this attitude. The Amplified Bible, that means this. All of us should have this attitude. What attitude? Pursuing spiritual perfection. Let me show you what a winner's schedule looks like. What are you in? Listen, if you could throw up Tiger's photo. This is this is the schedule. What? What? What do you want to become? And I'm talking, of course, in our walk with God. What do you want to do for God? Here's a, here's a winner schedule. That's a typical day. Probably not so much right now because he's, you know, he's going through. Typical day, up at 6, lifts weights, breakfast, hits balls, then he practices putting, plays nine holes, he has lunch, he hits balls again. Then he works on his short game. Then he plays nine holes again. Then he gets balls again. And at uh, what time is he back on putting? 5.30? But Jen, I want you to get this though. What is 
the separation between that pursuit of excellence and the next guy. 82 wins. The next current player has 44. Bill Nicholson. Now he's tied with Sam Snead for most wins. Okay, that was way, 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 way back before we were, right? But active players, there is a separation. 82 wins, second place is 44. What is possible for you and me? What, what can you do? What can't you do? But Paul said, he said, those that are spiritually mature, we are constantly in pursuit of excellence. We are in constantly pursuit, not of that earthly crown, but we are constantly trying, we are competing, we are trying to run faster, we are trying to jump higher. Why? Because there is a incorruptible crown that we are competing for. And I say that in, I think, a general way. I think you understand what, I'm, what I mean by that. 2 Timothy 2 and 5. Got to play by the rules. If anyone competes as an athlete in competitive games, he is not crowned with the wreath of victory or the crown of victory unless he competes according to the rules. Is that good or what? I can tell you, share a real quick story, a fishing story. Kathleen and I were fishing up two cannon years ago and and we go up there, you know, once in a while. And there's the lakes and there's the river. I fished the, the lake for a while, and then went over to the river and threw, you know, started doing this. Game warden comes up, and he said, hey, what are you doing? I said, well, hello. I'm fishing. He says, well, you shouldn't be. I said, what are you talking about? He says, well, the rivers are closed. I said, well, the, the lake's open. He says, yeah, I know, but the river's closed. I said, what? I says, I'm like, you know, 20 yards from the lake and the river. And uh, he says, well, you know, I'm telling you that it's closed. And here's a ticket. hundred and some odd bucks. I says, you've got to be kidding me. I says, I didn't know. He says, that's not my fault. You should have read the book. <laughs> Taught me a good lesson, Brother Jay. You know, and, and please, please, I, I, I see this as gracefully kind as I can. Especially in America, they're not going to be, they're not going to be in excuses, folks. It's in the book. It is in the book. It is the rule book. There are boundaries. There are penalties. Amen. You know when when games are played, let me ask you this. The Bible talks about it in the book of Hebrews. It says, it says, run, how's it go? Run patiently with endurance because there's a cloud of witnesses that are watching. Let me ask you this. Who's in your cloud of witness? Who's watching your life? Would it make a difference if you knew that? Would it make a difference if you knew that mom was watching you? Would it make a difference if you knew that grandma and grandpa were watching you? Would it make a difference if the teacher was watching what you were doing? Listen, 
There is who who is in your circle, in your cloud of influence that is watching you. They maybe they are hoping, they are praying, they are depending on you because when there are problems and challenges and trials in life, they're gonna need somebody that has the faith that is based on the foundation of values like they sang, a God, Jesus Christ, is unchangeable. He's still all-powerful. He can still do it all. You need to play like mom's watching. You need to go after this thing like mom and dad are watching your every move. You need to... You need, to, you need to get in this thing because you know that there are some that the Bible talks about a great cloud of witnesses, those that have departed. It is likened to a great grandstand of those that have gone on before us. They are urging. They are, uh, they are if you could, they are cheering the church on. They're saying, come on church. You know, we know, we understand. You're living in a challenging time. You're living in a day that there's never been one like it. But what that means is that you're getting close to the finish line and you have got to finish this thing with all that you've got. We may not have golden crowns in this life, but let me give you a couple of Scriptures here. Here's some of the crowns of life of the righteous, of those that have been born again that believe that book. Proverbs 14 and 18, the simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Creator of the universe. I believe that He is the Almighty God that came in flesh and became one of us so that He could save us. I believe that He ascended. I believe He went to Calvary. I believe He went to the tomb. I believe that He came out of that tomb. I believe that He ascended up into the heavens. And I believe that He sits upon the throne of glory today and He has control over the entire universe. Amen. It's you and I that have created this mess called earth. Not Him. Leave it to men. <laughs> Telling you, leave it to men to make a mess of stuff. Here's one for you. Here's a crown that we get in this life. Proverbs 12 and 4. Are you ready, husbands? It says, an excellent wife is a crown of her husband. Try it. Because, of course, you, you have to believe in the values of the book. <laughs> you know, I could spend some time there, but I, there's no need to. I think you've got to believe it in the values of the book. You've got to believe in husband and wife. I've said. Proverbs 4 9. Get wisdom and understanding, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. You want some wisdom and understanding of the times? Right here. Yep. Hallelujah. Proverbs 17 and 6. Here's a good one. I love this one. Grandchildren are the crown of old men. Yeah, sister and says, yes. <laughs> How many grandparents? Yeah, grandparents? Yeah. Yes, amen. I guess we don't have any grandparents in it. Yeah, we do. Oh yeah, there we go. That's what that's what the book says. It says that grandchildren are the crown of old men. Come on, I believe that, Devin. Proverbs sixteen thirty one. Let me look around real quick. If God blesses you with a good, healthy life where you mature and you get gray-headed, it's because that 
God has been merciful to you. The Bible says a silver-haired head is a crown of glory if it is found in the way of righteousness. Yes. Brother Jeff, I don't know what they do about bald heads. <laughs> And as you can see, I, I'm not there yet because I don't have silver hair. But here's the one, here's the one that, that, really, that really means a lot to me. 1 Thessalonians 2.19 from the Amplified Bible says, For who is the object of our hope or joy or our victor's crown of triumph celebration when we stand in the presence of our Lord Jesus at His coming. He says it's you. He says it's you. He says, he says who, is the, who is the object of my hope? Who gives me that great celebration? It's you. It's, there's a reason why the Bible speaks to you and I. And it says when a person repents, that the angels rejoice in heaven. That is the value that the angels put upon you. And get, do you have any idea what it does to a preacher? What it does for a pastor? What it does for an evangelist? to see you because you represent so much of my life and of my heart that I have tried to put into you. You represent my crown of celebration not only when I get there, but you, I rejoice when I look out there and I see you that you are striving for in your walk with God. You're trying to do everything that you can to become a better son, a better daughter of the King. He said, wow. He says, I want you to know one of these days, man, we are, we are going to celebrate. And I read before, but Revelation 3.11, listen, listen carefully. If there was ever a Scripture that just absolutely encompasses my spirit here today, it is this one. I am coming quickly, so hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. One translation says this, I am on my way. I'll be there soon. Keep a tight grip on what you have so no one distracts you and steals your crown. You need to get a tight grip on what God has placed into your hand. You need to get a hold of this thing with both hands. You need to get a hold of it and not let it go. Not be distracted by those things that we see that are so crazy today. No, He is coming quickly. He said, I'm coming quickly. I am going to be there soon. He says, I'm on my way, folks. And we've got to finish strong. Mm-hmm. Got to finish strong. Amen. 2 Timothy 4, 7. Paul writing. I remember when Kathleen and I went to Israel and then we went to Rome and we went down into the, what they call it, maritime prison or whatever, a little hole in the ground. They, you'd go on and it was, you know, it was like a, an underground, uh, almost like a, I don't know what you'd call it, underground tunnels and stuff and that was where they say that Paul spent so much time and in that pro- in that place this man began to write and he said this he said I have fought the good fight I have finished the race I have kept the faith there is laid up for me 
the crown of righteousness. You and I, we only have that sacred white robe that has been dipped in scarlet that we wear that Jesus gave to us as a temporary clothing, as a temporary blood-washed, righteous, living Christian. But he said, Paul wrote, he said, I want you to know that there's a crown that is of the righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved His appearing. Are you anticipating the return of the Lord? Is it something that you look and that you hunger for? As you stand with us today, Close with Revelation 4 and 4. And also verses 10 and 11. Round the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones 24 elders clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. Who are these 24 elders? I don't know. All I can tell you is that there are apparently a group of people in heaven that are wearing crowns. The Bible says they're clothed in white robes. They have crowns of gold on their heads. And these elders fall down before Him who sits on the throne. And they worship Him who lives forever. And they cast their crowns before Him saying, You, O Lord, are worthy to receive glory, honor, and power. It's a crown or nothing, folks. It's a crown or nothing. I'm too far into this saying. Come on. Amen. Amen. And I I, I challenge you today, if you're here today, I challenge you. If you have not, if if this thing, if you're looking for anything less than the gospel, Mm -hmm. you're going to be disappointed. Because no matter what you do in life, you can't purchase, you cannot earn joy, peace, love. Amen. It comes from within. Amen. You can't go down to the store and buy a bottle and drink it and all of a sudden, well, you know, there are those that temporarily do that for a while, I suppose, right? But when they come out, when, when the bottle runs out, you know, the joy and peace, love runs out. But no, no, this is, this is a real deal. I tell you by experience. I tell you from the... From the point of being in the other. I know what it's like to be in drugs and alcohol. I know what it's like to be lost. I know what it's like to have no values in my life or nothing to, that I can get a hold of that would help me. I know what that's like. I know what it's like not having a dad I know what it's like losing a mother early on. I know what all those things are, are like. I, I know what it, what it feels like with coming from a, a, a home that is, is, is poverty, a welfare family. I know what it's like. And I know what it's like when I was able, somebody came to me and they said, GK, I want you to know that I found the pearl of great price and you can have it also. It's a life changer. It's a life changer. And we're going to ask Herman and Alma to come forward right now if you're if you're a guest this morning i want you to know that we're, we're a church we're a group of believers yes. that believes in miracles yes Amen. Amen. Praise God. Yes. we believe we Amen. believe in miracles we believe that jesus is the great physician Amen. we're not a group that tells you you can't go to doctors and all that stuff but 
We're simply saying that my, my motto in life when it comes to sick, I always come to Him first. Right. I'll go to the doctor secondary. Amen. Amen. But my faith is in Him. Amen. And we've, we have seen miracles. Amen. We've seen them. Herman, do you mind me sharing? This young lady, she's been having complications with her pregnancy. And they tell her that there is no heartbeat. And she is scheduled to go in tomorrow. And they're going to induce labor. some group of fanatics or extremists here today. All I know is that the book says that He is able. All I know what to do is the Bible says that we can pray for the miracle. And if God chooses to operate in the miraculous, we'll give Him the glory. We'll give Him the honor. It will not take away anything from my faith. It will add to my faith. So we're going to pray. We're going to pray for this young lady. This... Hi. And I think, really, I think only a mother can relate here this morning. You know, we, man, we can't really relate. I, I think only mothers can relate to what's going on here. And I'm asking, mothers, would you be so kind if you feel led? Would you come down and, and we're going to ask you, Corey, we're going to ask you to, to pray. We're going to pray, men. We're going to pray, but... I think the mothers are the ones that can really relate to this situation. We're going to call upon the name of Jesus. We're going to pray for the miracle. Come on, would you lift your hearts to the Lord? Father, we pray right now. We pray, Lord. We pray that you cause the life.